Hey friends, I'm talking to church leaders all across the country all the time. And you know, it seems like we, although we are coming out of the most directly impacted time of COVID, the world that we're emerging may not have lockdowns, but there's still tons of uncertainty. And we're all trying to navigate how this new world looks different in our context. Now more than ever, learning from each other is critically important. CDF Capital's XP Summit cohorts provide an exclusive year-long experience that brings together hand-selected global ministry leaders and your peers in an intimate small group setting. As a member of a cohort, you will grow personally and professionally. You'll engage in three in-person experiences with a world-class mentor to see his or her ministry context firsthand. You'll also connect monthly through coaching sessions with a ministry professional who knows you personally and can speak into your ministry with accuracy and insight. You'll enjoy conversation and community with other executive pastors all across the country. Listen, unseminary listeners like you, just because you're an unseminary listener, you're going to receive an additional $300 off if you register today. Uh, in this discounted price. It's an amazing uh, opportunity. What I want you to do is go to cdf.capital forward slash uncohort. That's cdf.capital forward slash uncohort to learn more. You're going to get $300 off an already discounted pay today price of $800 off. Okay, friends, let's jump in to today's interview. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, super excited for today. You know, every week try to bring you a, a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today is no exception. Super excited to have Van Vandergrift with us. He is from a church you need to be following, Cedar Crest Church. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Van is the lead pastor there. Uh, this is a fantastic church. Van, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rich. Honored to be with you. Why don't you tell us about the church, kind of give us a bit of a flavor of Cedar Crest and tell us a little bit about the story. Uh, let us know about a little bit about the church. Yeah. So Cedar Crest is about 15 years old, um, suburban church. And man, going into uh, 2019, 2020, uh, I was going into about my third year here as pastor mm-hmm. and we were just seeing some some great growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, COVID happened to us just like it happened to the rest <laughs> of the world. Yes. And, uh, and so that really kind of caused us to go, okay, how do we continue to see God reach people? How do mm-hmm. we continue to be a Jesus church in Metro Atlanta? And what does that look like? How do we make disciples when everything mm-hmm. seems to be shutting down and people are kicking into neutral, but man, we've got a great team here at Cedar Crest, which we love. And our community is, is an awesome community love raising our kids here. And so it's just been a matter of figuring out, okay, with this great setup, um, again, how do we make disciples? Um, Mm -hmm. Rather than kind of going into neutral, how do we stay um, on that missional edge? That's that's kind of what we've been up to for the last year and a half, like everybody else. 
Love it. I'd love to dive into that. Give us a sense of COVID's impact on the church. What did that look like? You know, how, what, what, what kind of pre-COVID and then through, you know, the kind of those early months and then, and then let's, I'd love to really dig into this. Okay. How do we help people get out of neutral? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it was early 2020. Uh, again, we were busting at the seams. We were um, pulling out chairs from everywhere, putting them out in the mm-hmm. lobby and, you know, starting to think, wow, not only do we need to add a service, but we probably need to expand our campus type thought, or we need to plant mm-hmm. something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then we started to hear rumors of the virus coming. And um, sure enough, it didn't take, but just a few weeks <clears throat> after the beginning of the year, our numbers started to drop off and I knew, okay, this is going to be hmm. a bigger deal. We started having conversations with other pastors here in our area. And this was a real cool thing for us. We kind of similar sized churches. We just decided, Hey, let's, Let's respond to this together. We knew that uh, we were going to be asked to uh, to quarantine, stay at home, shelter in place, all those kind of things that were going on early when we were trying to figure out how to deal with the with the uh, with the virus. So we ended up closing our doors, like many other churches, but stayed as much as we could on mission. We were doing, uh, mm. you know, handing out food and running kind of a food pr- pantry out in the front of the church. Although we weren't gathering on a Sunday, we had a lot of small groups. We're small groups, small mm. group based church, so we just continued doing that. And kind of together with those other churches, we were closed on Sundays for our main worship for about three months. Hmm. And then when we reopened, we discovered what I think a lot of pastors have discovered is that people formed new habits over those months that we were closed. Uh, They Mm -hmm. kicked it into neutral or got used to watching online or, hey, Sundays Mm -hmm. are better in my pajamas than uh, than showing up for a meeting. And so... (laughs) So I just began to uh, seek God, not not because we, you know, uh, the number one thing for us is not necessarily having people in a seat on a Sunday morning, but it's we want to help people follow Jesus. We Mm -hmm. want them to, Mm -hmm. uh, we want to see disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so as we looked around the community, we said, man, um, we need to help our folks re-engage with mission. So Mm -hmm. that's really what the last year and a half we've just been focused on, because again, uh, we're recording this in September Delta, the the whole variant, that wave is super high right now in Metro Atlanta. So it's an ongoing mm-hmm. thing for us. Mm-hmm. How do we help people keep from pulling back uh, and to mm-hmm. continue to live on mission while, of course, keeping people safe? Yeah, I love it. You know, the thing, um, I think there's been this misnomer in this season where um, there's some churches that seem to be obsessed with just getting people to come sit in the box. It's like, right. come sit in, fill, you know, fill our seats or whatever. And I know that's not your heart. That's not what you're, uh, you know, it's so much bigger than that. We're asking Absolutely. so much more of people. I do think we're going to see this, the waves of this for a while. And so I think it's important for us to continue to think about how do we help people, like how you say it, switching out of neutral. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing. How have you been able to do that in this season? What have you been able to kind of help people say, how do we stay connected to yeah. living the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live, even in the midst of uh, a pandemic and ongoing pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, first, it just helps that we're a church that's built on small groups. And so we've been able mm-hmm. to really fall back into our model of, um, of doing life in small group community. When right. larger gatherings were shut down, um, even if it was sitting in lawn chairs in a driveway, you could still get together with your small group and do life together. And so that was a big win for us. But as an organization, larger church, um, I love this principle that Jim Collins has, author of Good to Great. Um, I think he put this principle in his book, Great by Choice, but it's this idea of firing bullets and then cannonballs. And what he mm. what he meant by that was take little shots at a target and kind of get calibrated on it. And once you're calibrated on it, then give it everything you got. Throw throw resources mm-hmm. into it, finances, people. Um, just throw a big cannonball at the target. And so with mm-hmm. that in the back of our mind, we began just kind of 
trying to figure out, okay, how do we, again, help people shift from neutral um, back into living on mission, trying to think movement, not maintenance. That's a, just a big deal for us. And um, beginning the, the pandemic, what we had going on here, actually, Rich, um, this is something that you wrote about in your book, um, Church Growth Flywheel, where you talked about having a community kind of project or something that you're investing in the community. Mm-hmm. So we've been looking around, okay, God, how do we have impact on our community? And, and the schools were closed at the beginning of last school year. Um, mm-hmm. it was, all school was online. And we knew immediately right across the street from our church, we have a segment of folks that are under-resourced families, uh, trailer Mm -hmm. park community. And so we knew kindergartners, first graders, second graders there, they're not going to, there's no way. They don't have the resources for a laptop. They're not going to have probably internet at home. Mom and dad Mm -hmm. might be working shift work. Um, What's going to happen to these kids? And so we're... We have a weekly staff meeting every Tuesday. We pray and worship together. And uh, one Tuesday morning, um, we're, we're together as a staff. And if the Lord's ever spoken to us clearly, he did that morning, just put it <laughs> on our heart. Not an audible voice, but yep. just an impression. Hey, Cedar Crest Church, hey, I'll put you right across the street from some folks that, that need you at this time. So are you going to be my hands and feet or not? And so it was an invitation. Wow. It was an huh. invitation. Love and that. so what we ended up doing is we opened the doors to our church. We provided laptops for those kids. We got our folks to volunteer and come up. And so for the first six weeks of school, while um, the buildings were closed, but they were doing online, we had our volunteers from our church helping these kids log on so they could see their teachers online. We had other volunteers up here running PE classes and, you know, doing kickball and the whole deal. Never thought we'd be opening a school, uh, but that's, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that was a bullet for us. And that, that revealed for us, man, there's a need in the community. Not only that, we saw our people come alive as they were invited mm. to engage in that. And that's when I knew, mm. okay, we're, we're on to something. We need to keep this up. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Well, first of all, one thing I want to point out is I love this concept, the bullets and then cannonballs. And I think sometimes we can as leaders, all we're thinking about is cannonballs. We're thinking about the <laughs> massive impact, right? It's like, I, right. all I want to do is be lobbing. And it's not even cannonballs. It's like, I want nuclear bombs. Like, what is the <laughs> biggest thing? Right. Uh, and I love that you were open to like, hey, let's try this. What what kind of about that um, the kind of initial test led you to think, oh, this might actually be something we want to put more energy to? What was Were there a particular stories or turning points? What did that energy look like that you're yeah. like, oh, no, this is there's something here? Absolutely. Well, so first of all, it was successful for the kids, which was great. But yeah. we began to see that these families of these kids, not a part of our church at this point in time, began to show up and uh, and be a part of what was going on, wanted to know more about who we were as a church. Uh, mm-hmm. We had then reopened at that point our buildings on Sundays. They were they were bringing their kids on Sundays and mm-hmm. showing up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we said, okay, this this is not only bearing fruit, but this is a really good thing. And, and as I said, our volunteers who had really good people, loved Jesus, but just like everyone else, were kind of trying to figure out how do we do life with this pandemic, mm-hmm. now had a, a cause that they could easily give themselves to. And um, so we we saw that need. We stepped in. We shifted some resources that way. We called our people to action. And then mm-hmm. um, and as we as I said, we we kind of committed to six weeks for that. And then the schools yep. reopened. Praise God, which yes. is great for us. Uh, <laughs> yes. But then I immediately started thinking, OK, what's well, how do we pivot and what is the next way that we can be engaged in the community and help keep our people on mission? Because giving went up through that time. Uh, <laughs> volunteer engagement went up through that time. And then we were seeing guests that we'd never seen before uh, mm-hmm. get involved with our church. And so all the indicators were, hey, God is breathing on this. So let's let's keep this yes. going. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing just to point out to folks that are listening in uh, time and again, 
um, in these moments of great need in our communities, whether, you know, this pandemic obviously was, you know, hopefully once in a generation thing, hopefully we'll get through this and we won't keep living in here. But, you know, there are smaller scale things that happen in our communities, whether it's, you know, uh, houses burned down or, um, you know, hurricanes go through, that there is great opportunity for our churches to be just aware in those moments to say, hey, what can we, how can we help? Uh, And I found time and again, the church, when we respond in that way, wow, the doors open and God does something. That's that's really cool. So what was the next step from that? So you had this kind of initial six-week deal. What did the cannonballs look like? How have you kind of continued that? Well, you, I love how you mentioned sometimes there's even just small moments where you yep. have an opportunity. And if you're thinking, um, Jesus, I just want to be your hands and feet today. Yeah. Wh- wherever you're moving, wherever that wave's going, I want to surf that wave. And we had another kind of, I would, I'd call it a bullet moment. It, it didn't require a lot of resources or, or a lot of our volunteers, but we had this news thing come across that a neighborhood, just not even a seven minute drive from our, our campus someone had to put racist hate mail in all the mailboxes in the neighborhood and basically had said, this is terrible, but it was like uh, blacks out, Asians out, Hispanics out. It was, it was, it was horrible. And it it was on the news. And it just happened that the following night after that hit the news that we were going to be having a worship and prayer night at our church. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about racial reconciliation all through, um, you know, last summer and all the tension that we had here in the United States already. And so God was already preparing our hearts. So when that thing happened, man, that night we just said, okay, we're going to do something. We're going to get involved. And so we had everybody that showed up to our worship and prayer night, write a letter to the families in that neighborhood, telling them oh. um, that we loved them. We were here to support them. If there's ever anything we could do for them, we just wanted them to know that they're loved and welcomed in our community. And so we went back and delivered all those all those letters to that mailbox. And again, um, just saw God bless that. We hmm. Families from that neighborhood, hey, we want to get to know you guys, you know, showed up at church. Um, hmm. It happened that the news picked up the good side of that, which was great, but that wasn't necessarily our goal. Um, hmm. But again, just an affirmation that if we will look to what God is already wanting to do in the community and just say yes hmm. to him, uh, mm-hmm. that he'll he'll use it. So mm-hmm. we had the shared learning center is what we called it when we opened our building, the SLC, to kind of mm-hmm. school the kids. Then we had this thing happen in the in the community where we were um, just able to, on the spot, write some letters um, and do something really small, but just a way to love our neighbors. So then that had us thinking, okay, how do we pivot? Maybe this time to fire a cannonball. And that's when we decided to take church on the road. <laughs> so mm. That, was, that <laughs> nice. was the next thing. That's, that's yeah. what we went to. So uh, again, I love that. I love the the instinct. I think the so many times in our communities, things like that. What a terrible thing! These people writing right. these, you know, stuff and putting in mailboxes. That's but horrible. having the instinct to say, "Hey, Lord, what is it that you'd have us to do? What's you know one thing?" And actually having the the bias for action to actually do something and a, something small. Uh, and to me, that just seems like it's got God's name written all over it. It's got Absolutely. Jesus' name written all over it. It's way disproportionate positive back to the church, actually getting people to write letters. You know, who's not going to write that letter? That's a that's fairly easy to motivate people towards. And, and, and great that then you had great positive response. So yeah. then, so you took church on the road. What is that? What, 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 what did that look like? How does that continue the story? Yeah. Well, so we, we had these little moments of just recognizing that when we got out of our kind of Sunday rhythm of three songs, a message and, and prayer and uh, the whole deal, but we actually started thinking more about what's going on outside of Sunday, what's going on kind of Monday through Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where God was just breathing on things. It was, it was almost like anything we, we put our hand to, there was just a blessing on it. Our, our church <laughs> would, there would be fresh energy and, and enthusiasm in our church people. We would see brand, pe- brand new people from the community that had never been involved in a church before, or for sure not with us, somehow mm-hmm. re-engage. We were seeing baptisms and people get saved. And so I thought, well, man, we want to continue that. So this past summer for the whole month of July, we just, we've, well, another thing that I've been seeing, not only do you have to fire the bullets, but sometimes you can observe other bullets that are being fired before you fire a cannonball. <laughs> sure, sure. And so some of the bullets that we've been seeing um, fired in our community, it's kind of a bad analogy, I know. But uh, <laughs> when you think about the rise of all the home delivery for food, like around us, man, Uber Eats and DoorDash, they have been making a killing because people yes. are just doing more life at home. They're not going out mm-hmm. as much, not mm-hmm. going to movies, not going mm-hmm. out to restaurants as much. It's more centered around their home. And so as we just prayed about going into the fall, we said, okay, Lord, how do we pivot? What are you doing? Uh, what can we do? Uh, what do you want to mm-hmm. do? And how do we just join in, uh, join mm-hmm. it, it with you? We had this crazy idea um, that we should not meet in our church building, but we should take church out to some neighborhoods around us. And so again, we're in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so we, we chose four different areas uh, in our community. And each Sunday we showed up with a big trailer and a bunch of speakers and our band and bunch of grills and hot dogs and hamburgers. And we invited the neighborhoods basically just to come out to their common space, whether it's their neighborhood pool or yeah. a park nearby. And, huh. and we had church, we called it summer in the suburbs and uh, church in your backyard. That's what we called it. And Rich, it was amazing, man. I mean, it was, it was so much fun. It was, I, I don't want to paint it as like uh, there, there weren't some hard things about it. Uh, there was definitely mm-hmm. some folks kind of regular attenders at our church that said, you know what, I, I think this is my opportunity to go somewhere else because they didn't want to mm. be out in the, the Southern uh, Georgia heat in July. Yes. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to first time guests, we had about four times the normal amount of guests that we would have had uh, wow. on, a, on a weekend. And those huh. folks are getting connected and we just launched our small groups for the fall now and they're getting it into small groups and hmm. the, the fruit, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up for the world. But again, it was because we were willing to risk. It, we were yeah, willing absolutely. To, willing to say, God, yeah, we, we've got a, we're the one, one of the lucky ones that doesn't have to do mobile church. We're not set up and tear down anymore. We have a building. We had those days in our early days, but man, I, I think I really got, there's something in me. We, we were able to be church planners earlier in our lives. My wife and I, when we first got married, we're church planning in Berlin, Germany. And I think there's something in, in us mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. stays there, that, that church yes. planner mentality of let's never lose our desire to be out where people are doing life. Right. And, uh, and so we went for it. We fired a cannonball and uh, man, wow. it, just, it bore a lot of fruit. So now, so you didn't have services at your existing campus. That's right. And so you invited your people who are attending to say, hey, let's go to these other communities. That's and then right. obviously you would cre- you created this experience. Let's talk a little bit more about the experience, what actually yeah. was happening there, yeah, pull sure. apart the details and all that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So we would, we picked strategically some parks uh, or common spaces by larger neighborhoods where we, where we are and we're kind of within a seven mile radius of our building. Mm-hmm. And we went out and we invited them. Obviously a lot of our folks live in those neighborhoods. And so they yep. were inviting their neighbors and posting on their neighborhood Facebook pages and the whole deal that we were going to be there. We had bouncy houses for the kids and, you know, with water slides and the whole deal that you could blow up and kids could come and have fun. We had uh, grills out there. We were giving away hamburgers and hot dogs and bottled water and ice, ice cream all for free just to say, Hey, 
we're just here to say we love you in the name of Jesus. And if we can ever serve you and your family in any way, we wanted you to know who we are and where we are. And uh, that it. was that was the gist of it. So then uh, we I'm gifted. We're just blessed with a great team. And uh, so we've got great worship and we put them on the stage and um, they let us in worship and people love the music. And then I would preach a super short, like 10 minute uh, type devotional message, uh, very gospel <laughs> yep. focused. Yep. Uh, so I could maintain their attention outdoors with kids and the whole deal. Yeah. And, uh, and then we just have time of fellowship and hanging out. And so that was it four weeks in a row. We actually kicked it off on the 4th of July, which for us in the States, obviously independence day. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, we had fireworks the, that went along with it and we didn't go small on that. We went with the big boys. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, Love so it. I told them, I said, Hey, this isn't going to be me just like, you know, on the roof with a Roman candle. This is like legit fireworks. <laughs> and, uh, and that, I, I'm again, blessed with a great, um, elder body as well. And our elders said, yeah, let's do it. Let's invite let's the whole community. Let's invest for it. And uh, man, we had tons of people from the community show up for that. And then just a whole month of, of a lot of fun, a lot of work. And it was difficult. But like I said, the fruit of that um, continues uh, mm-hmm. just to bear more fruit. Hmm. Love that. And then can you give us just a little peek on the kind of what the, the new here process, like the, so you obviously yeah. were, you're there, you're inviting, I'm assuming you did some sort of like, Hey, if you want to stay connected to us, this right. is how you can do that. What did that look like? How did you begin to try to collect that fruit yeah. uh, to, you know, that, that had fallen from the trees because you heard out there, how did you get that into a, a, a bin that you could then sure. uh, continue to nurture? Sure. Well, uh, giveaways are always a win for that. If you want people to, <laughs> to, yes. to give you their information. So we had a Yeti cooler. Uh, Yeti coolers are a big deal here in the South. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anybody yeah. that hunts or fishes or just goes to the lake for the day would love to have a Yeti cooler. So we had a giveaway and we just said, hey, if you'll let us know who you are and, um, and write down a couple little bits of your information, drop it in this cooler, we're going to do a drawing. And then we had some other things as well, gift cards, et cetera, to some restaurants. Um, but we had a tent set up um, that just is, a, we call it our next tent. And uh, mm-hmm. what's my next step? I want to get involved or if mm-hmm. I want to get baptized or if I just want to know mm-hmm. what you guys do for kids or whatever, uh, they could go to that tent. And, and honestly, Rich, you know, in our church, we, we've got the same system set up, but it's a lot, it's a lot easier to catch first time guests because there's kind of the funnel of the building and they got to walk right by it and the whole deal mm-hmm. out in the park, you know, people are coming in from everywhere. So when I mm-hmm. say we had an increase, uh, you know, it was four times the amount of guests that we would normally have. That's just the few people that we know we caught. And there's no yes. telling how many other guests were out there that we yep. didn't necessarily get their information, but they were able to hear the gospel. We were mm-hmm. able to love on them, give them some free food. And here's a story, you know, just one particular guy um, who just recently joined our church. He, he said, yeah, I had an experience with you guys a couple years ago. This thing happened in my life. And I thought, you know what? I need to go by Cedar Crest Church. And we just baptized mm-hmm. him this last Sunday. So we're believing that we planted seed. It's the whole broad seed sowing concept mm-hmm. and, and idea that maybe one day they'll show up at our church, even if they don't show up at our church. Maybe they show up at another church somewhere in town. Mm-hmm. Hey, some Jesus mm-hmm. people loved on me. Maybe there's something to this church thing. Maybe Jesus really does want to know me. Man, if that happens, yeah, praise it. God. Yeah, I love that. Again, this feels to me, it, it has very has the aroma of Jesus. You know, I, I was reminded again, um, you know, when you read the the New Testament and you see, you know, what happened when Jesus was uh, going from town to town. It was a little bit like, you know, the party bus. It was like, you know, he would show up and they're yeah. having parties, they're getting together. There's there's a bit of chaos being, you know, generated. Um, and yeah. and you know, and some people are connecting with them. Some people are just showing yeah. up for the free burgers. That's right. Uh, and you know, but in the end, you know, 
gosh, some good things happen. I just love that. I think that's such a great thing. Now, the future, are you thinking about that for next year? When you you ask questions up over the horizon, what are some of those questions that are kind of bubbling in your mind on that front? Yeah. So I would say that as we evaluated it, um, it was an amazing, we had a window. I mean, I think just COVID gave us the window to do it. Um, I don't know that we'll do four weeks in a row on the road, Mm -hmm. but we definitely have plans to go on the road again. And, yep. and maybe do some Saturday nights. Uh, yep. Our Easter services, we always have to do like a quadrillion Easter services to fit everybody in the building. And so one of our ideas is perhaps we need to go to one of these neighborhoods and do a Saturday night Easter service right there at the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do our Sunday morning here stuff, stuff on campus. The fireworks mm-hmm. deal for Independence Day, that was a massive win. I mean, there yes. was multiple thousands of people out on our front yes. lawn. So yeah. we know we're going to do that again. Uh, yeah, and we're, but you know, one thing I would just say is we big deal for me is just, well, it's two things. Actually. I, I always go back to Andy Stanley's. One of my favorite quotes is that leadership is a stewardship. It's temporary and you're accountable. And that word temporary is such a big deal for me. I, mm. I, I know I've got a limited amount of time, so we want to mm. keep our foot on the gas pedal when it comes to reaching our community. But we also want to maintain a, a sense of um, just sensitivity to what Jesus is doing. So mm-hmm. rather than saying, we're going to do a program for a program's sake, or we're going to do four weeks on the road because it worked last year, yep. we know we'll do it at least one time. But God, what are you saying for 2022? What are you saying mm-hmm. for 2023? And mm-hmm. wanting to be sensitive to that and uh, and just continue to pivot. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of Love our it. that's kind of our so way of approaching good. it. Yeah, Van, that's great. I, hopefully today, listeners, as you're listening in, you're being motivated to think about something new and to think, hey, maybe now's the time for us uh, to pull the trigger. Lots of gun bomb analogies today uh, on you know, oh, s- something like that. But it's about uh, to be just... hunting season in, down here in Georgia, so maybe that's on my mind. <laughs> that's deer got deer season mind. opens this weekend. so You can't use cannons on deers, though. No, that you, doesn't, can't. That you, does, you can't. It doesn't really work. Uh, but hopefully that's motivated people. I, I just think that's such a great thing. I know for years at our church, this is pre-COVID, um, we were doing our Christmas Eve service. We were taking our Christmas Eve service uh, to other communities. A similar, very similar thing. Awesome. We would take it on the twenty third. We would still call it Christmas Eve. Yeah. And uh, the great thing, we you know, frankly, functionally, a part of it was, you know, our, we would put so much time, effort, and energy. Our creative people put so much work into these Christmas Eve services, and then we would only do them here. They're willing to go somewhere new. So it's like, hey, why don't we go? Why, what if we rented a an Love arts it. theater in a new town? and took it there. And, and we saw the same kind of thing. We used it as a um, really preceding campus launches, a way to kind of get out in front of a community. So I love uh, it, Rich. just love that fam. Well, Van, is there anything else you'd love to share before we, uh, we wrap up today? And, and uh, just to, just to love this conversation today. Yeah. Well, for, thank you for having me. I think what I would just say to any pastor or leader in, in the church world that's listening is, man, it, it really is at the end of the day, all about knowing Jesus and making him known. Do whatever mm. you need to do to maintain that intimacy with Jesus. And then as you lean into him, he's going to say, hey, I've got a dream in my heart. And I'm just looking mm. for a leader that will say yes to it. Yep. And we'll have ourselves in that posture of God, here I am. And if no one else mm. wants to do that thing in your heart, I'll do it. You know, give it to mm. us. If mm-hmm. we'll roll with that kind of attitude and spirit, man, Jesus wants to give us things that um, not only will please his heart, but are going to help us know that we're living on mission and fulfilling the purpose that he created us for. So good. Van, if people want to get in touch with you or to track with the church, where do we want to send them online? Yeah, it's just our church, cedarcrestchurch.com. And you can connect with me on Instagram, Van Vandegriff on Instagram. Perfect. Thanks so much, Van. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. 
drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.